On today's Exploring History podcast, I'll pay tribute to the man who taught me history and who taught me how to teach history. Welcome to Exploring History with Ray Notgrass, a production of Notgrass History. In the fall of 1968, I was a junior at Central High School in Columbia, Tennessee. I was assigned with a group of other students to take part in an experimental class arrangement. For this class, our two teachers would coordinate their teaching of American history and American literature. As we studied the successive periods of American history in history class, our English class would study literature from those periods. The history class provided context for the literature, and the literature class fleshed out the lessons we learned from history. Our teachers were Jerry Locke for history and Paige Chamberlain for English. This team teaching class, as we called it, changed my life. I was privileged to try to keep up with a wonderful group of intelligent, motivated students. We had stimulating class discussions. We learned from two of the best teachers at Central, and that says a lot for them, considering the excellent faculty throughout the school. Mr. Chamberlain was exacting, insightful, funny, and opinionated. Mr. Locke was soft-spoken, thoughtful, pleasant, and encouraging. One special feature of Mr. Locke's class was a volume of original sources from American history, speeches, Supreme Court opinions, and other primary documents that enabled us not just to read about such documents, but to read the very words of people from history. I still have the history textbook and the book of original sources that we used. This class and the class I took with Mr. Locke on 20th century history in my senior year led me to major in history and minor in secondary education at college. I remember having the thought one day while sitting in Mr. Locke's class that I loved history because it dealt with the big issues we face in our world. I loved the rich and fascinating story of our country. I wanted to be a history teacher like Mr. Locke. I went on to get a master's degree in history and started on a doctorate, but I changed course and decided to go into ministry. I never lost my interest in history, though, and I always enjoyed working historical references into my sermons and Bible classes. Meanwhile, Mr. Locke moved to Marietta, Georgia, and became a highly successful school administrator. His school won many awards, and he was much loved by students and faculty alike. When he retired in 2002, he and his wife Donna moved back to Columbia. In 1999, my family and I began a company that developed curriculum for homeschooling families. One day, I told my wife that I would like to write an American history curriculum for high school. I wanted to do it the way I learned it from Mr. Locke and Mr. Chamberlain. I would combine and coordinate American history with American literature. I added a study of American church history based on my second master's degree in New Testament 
in my years of study and ministry. I would also assign readings of original source documents. When we first published the curriculum, we used a later, and by then a much larger, edition of the book Mr. Locke used. We eventually created our own book of original sources that included Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, several American hymns, and much other material. The curriculum was well-received, and since then our company has produced other curricula for students in grades 1 through 12. All of them combine history, or government, or civics, or economics, with literature. They all use original sources, and they all are written from a Christian perspective. In other words, we write them the way Mr. Locke and Mr. Chamberlain taught me history in English. As it turned out, I became a history teacher like Mr. Locke, only I did it through writing textbooks. The team teaching class lasted only one year, the year I was a junior and therefore was supposed to take American history and American literature. Mr. Locke only taught at Central for about five years before moving to Georgia. In my view, considering the impact the class had on me, I call that providential timing. In the early 2000s, I was living in Gainesboro, Tennessee, where we still live. I heard that Mr. Locke had moved back to Columbia. Somehow, I got his home phone number and had the audacity to call him. I wanted to tell him of his great influence on me and how our company had emulated the way that he and Mr. Chamberlain had taught us. Mr. Locke and I started exchanging snail mail letters. Receiving one from him was always a delight. In his inimitable handwriting, he would tell of his latest adventures with his beloved cats, his concerns over the state of our country, and the latest books he had been reading. I would tell him, in letters that I typed on my computer, because I tend to scratch out a lot when I write by hand, about our company's efforts and the books I had been reading. I read several books because of his recommendations. Our exchange of book notes was a highlight of our letters. He was always complimentary of our business efforts, and I often mentioned the debt I owed him for what we were doing. I also called Mr. Chamberlain one day and told him of his impact on my life and work. Mr. Chamberlain passed away in 2019. My wife and I were able to visit with Jerry and Donna Locke a few times. I gave him copies of the curriculum he had inspired. He gave me a book about the 1948 presidential campaign. And he and Donna gave us a print of an English fox hunt, which hangs proudly in our home today. I was even able, with some uneasiness, to begin calling him Jerry. The 13-year difference in our ages didn't seem quite as large as it did when I was his student. In the last few months, Jerry's health declined. He continued writing occasionally to update me about how he was doing, but the updates came by email, as he no longer felt able to write by hand. Then came the message a few weeks ago from Donna, that Jerry had passed away. Never again would I walk back to the house from our mailbox excited to read the latest letter that Jerry had sent. No more will we exchange comments about books we had read. But despite this loss, Jerry's manner, his encouragement to me, 
and his life's influence will live on. Jerry had a great influence on thousands of students and teachers during his career in education. His influence spread even more widely because of the many students across the country who have used our curriculum. They have learned history, English, and Bible the way Jerry Locke and Paige Chamberlain taught me history and English. Over the years, our company has received many compliments from parents and students for our curriculum. Now, parents know whom they should really thank for their students being able to learn in this effective way. Another lesson I learned from Jerry Locke is about being a person of good influence. You will be an influence of one kind or another in your life. You might as well be a good one. Jerry was not bombastic or self-promoting. He was gentle and kind. He didn't call attention to himself. He was a good teacher, family man, and friend because he was a good person. That's how to be a good influence on others. That was Jerry Locke. He was my teacher, my mentor, and my friend. I will miss him. I'm Ray Notgrass. Thanks for exploring history with me today. This has been Exploring History with Ray Notgrass, a production of Notgrass History. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app, and please leave a rating and review so that we can reach more people with our episodes. If you want to learn about new homeschool resources and opportunities from Notgrass History, you can sign up for our email newsletter at exploringhistorypodcast.com. This program was produced by me, Titus Anderson. Thanks for listening.